If you lived in the middle of the 8th century BCE um, in Israel, um, the northern ten tribes, you experienced the absolute best of life the people of Israel have had in um, recent memory. Um, Historically, they are experiencing uh, very good things in the middle of the 8th century. There are two large historic enemies, the Assyrians to one side and the Egyptians uh, down and to the other, are both at low points as far as their empires are concerned. Their powers have waned a little bit, and in that vacuum, in this region between those two powers, Israel has taken full advantage. They have uh, grown their trade, they have expanded their power over some of the smaller neighboring uh, tribes that exist in their area. Um, They have uh, experienced several years of relative peace with no major wars on any front. Um, Things are going well. And if you read through the prophets who prophesy against the people during this time period, you discover that they have convinced themselves that at least partially this is because they are being faithful to God in the way they, sh- they are supposed to, and that the good things they are receiving are divine blessing. There's a problem with this, and that is, if you read through those prophets that I mentioned, they are not being faithful in the way that God has called them to. Um, it is uh, a faithfulness of convenience. And so they go to the temple, and they make their sacrifices, and they check off the the marks on the the list of to-dos that they're supposed to as uh, worshipers of that god. And then they exit the temple and they find a different, well, exit uh, their place of worship, their temple to God that they um, offer those sacrifices and they move on to the next place. Uh, Whether that be a local idol or fertility god or um, high point outside of one of the towns, high hillside, something like that. And they make sacrifices and offer worship to the god that is uh, the deity that is represented in that place. And they go um, just kind of around the god carousel, one place to another, um, doing what they uh, think they are supposed to. All the while, God looks on, wondering when, oh when, will they ever remember that he is their lord and their lord alone. But they've convinced themselves that they're doing it right. And they look at the peace and prosperity that they are experiencing and assume that that is confirmation that they are doing it right. And so they tell each other, look at how great we are. Look at how faithful we are. Um, Look at how good we are being. Um, Look at what we are earning. Maybe that's the, the way to say that. And to people that hold that mindset, Hosea writes, prophesies these words in chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the further they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals, and they burned incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms. They did not know that I healed them. I led them with bands of human kindness, with cords of love. I treated them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. 
they will return to the land of Egypt and Assyria will be their king because they have refused to return to me. The sword will strike wildly in their cities. It will consume the bars of their gates and will take everything because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they cry out to the Most High, he will not raise them up. This is one of those passages that is... um, There's a full imagery there that I appreciate more now as a parent than I I did before. Um, Because... What I really hear in these words from the prophet are that that tension in love and compassion and discipline, trying to bring along uh, your child, your children, um, in the way that you want them to go. And this is all the more challenging to the people who um, God looks on as he says this through the prophet. Because these are people who have convinced themselves that they are doing everything just as God has designed for them. Now, if you read through the books of Hosea and Micah and Amos, books specifically addressed to the northern kingdom during this period of prosperity and growth and comfort, you will see that the most common lie that they tell themselves is that God is taking care of them that God is rewarding them, that God is blessing them. And you will see that the most common failure they um, are having, uh, as named by the prophets, uh, two most common failures, is that they chase after other gods, other idols, other um, false powers. And they fail to take care of the alien, the orphan, and the widow. They fail to uphold their covenant responsibility to their neighbors, to the most vulnerable, to the least of these. The problem is, if they're experiencing such great prosperity, even though they have the resources to be able to do more, to take care of the others more, they believe there's no need because they're already doing everything they're supposed to. Just look how great things are for them. And I think this is a trap we still absolutely fall into. I've watched it play out on social media in the last few days. Uh, You see it happen all the time. People who try to equate um, national struggle with failure to follow God and national success with correctly following God. And what I am reminded of constantly in the prophets is that our actions in the world matter greatly. And that whether or not we take care of those who are around us matters greatly whether or not we are willing to serve those who need us desperately matters greatly. But that doesn't always mean that because we do so, things go good. And it doesn't always mean that because we don't do so, things go bad. And you don't have to look any further than the life of Job to see that play out. Which poses an interesting conundrum. If what you think uh, should happen in life is some sort of transaction-based relationship between people or between people and God. If you are trying to be faithful simply to earn earthly rewards, then you've sort of missed the point. And if you are only going to be faithful when things are going good, you've sort of missed the point. Whether pressed or successful, the people have always been called 
to love God and serve their neighbor. That is just as true now as it was in the Old Testament and as it is in the New. At no point are we promised that our faithfulness will always bring about reward, nor at any point are we told that our lack of faithfulness will always bring about punishment. The fact of the matter is, our faithfulness should never be tied to either of those things. Our faithfulness should always be tied to the one who taught us to walk. But that requires us to have a memory. A memory that we don't always keep up with. So I invite you to remember. Remember the one who has taught you to walk and walks with you. Remember the one who has called you and showed you how in Jesus. And live that way towards neighbor, whether you are experiencing blessing or struggle. God bless. Go in peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mana and Coffee. I am your host, Henry Hollow. Glad that you've carved out a few minutes to join us today. I hope that you find a little bit of manna, just enough for today, that you take the opportunity here to listen, to reflect on life, on scripture, on the convergence of the two, and what it means for us living in this crazy, messy world. Uh, I pray that you are willing to wonder, to question, to struggle, to be honest with yourself, um, and in this time, uh, find a little bit of hope a little bit of nourishment as we journey forward together um, in faith. Mm-hmm.